Welcome to BrainStuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. To grasp the rhyme and reason of why children don ridiculous costumes and bang down doors demanding candy once a year, we must rewind the clock a couple of millennia and visit the ancient Celtic clans of Britain. The Celts celebrated the end of fall harvest and the beginning of their new year with the pagan festival Samhain, which fell on November 1st. On the night before the celebration commenced, the dead were thought to travel back home for their annual visit. To frighten away any accompanying evil spirits, the Celts lit fires around the countryside, and some dressed in disguise when venturing into the eerie outdoors to avoid being recognized by familiar but less-than-friendly ghosts. Traces of these rituals persisted as the centuries wore on, and even as the Catholic Church sought to abolish these pagan pastimes. In the 8th century, the church began commemorating the Feast of All Saints on November 1st, possibly as a replacement for Samhain. The preceding day became known as All Hallows' Eve, which was further shortened to Halloween. As the secular Samhain and sacred All Hallows intertwined, the dead spirits that characterized the holiday assumed more negative connotations, hence the modern Halloween icons of scary witches, ghosts, and ghouls. To appease these evil spirits, people left food and drink outside to protect their homes from spiritual retaliation. Gradually, savvy celebrants took advantage of the tasty offerings by dressing up as the dead and trekking from door to door to ask for provisions in exchange for protection from wicked spirits. According to the American Folklife Center, the practice, which became known as mumming, served as a precedent for trick-or-treating. In England, the poor would organize soul parades to beg for alms on All Hallows' Eve in exchange for prayers to deliver dead souls from purgatory to heaven. As the years wore on, children took over the tradition, calling themselves soulers. Bands of children would knock on doors and sing songs in return for sweet, currant-topped breads called soul cakes. The trick-or-treating custom crossed the Atlantic with the influx of immigrants from England and Ireland who moved to the United States in the mid-1800s. But trick-or-treating wasn't widely popular in the United States until around 1940. Before then, the mischievous holiday had spiraled into an adolescent free-for-all, marked by rampant vandalism and excessive tomfoolery. As communities sought to provide alternate Halloween activities for the local youth, trick-or-treating as we know it today gradually caught on. Retailers also noticed the trend and began offering ready-made costumes, and candy manufacturers seized on this golden opportunity. In the late 1970s and early 80s, sensational reports of razors and candy apples, treats laced with laxatives, and other horror stories dealt a blow to trick-or-treating. Nonetheless, the tradition is still alive and well today. Just ask the National Confectioners Association. This pumpkin-hued holiday takes the cake for the highest candy sales of the year. In 2018, Americans are expected to shell out about $9 billion for Halloween candy. But in spite of Halloween's commercial appeal, those ancient Celtic rites still echo on as hordes of costumed children trick-or-treat every year in the October twilight. Today's episode was written by Kristen Conger and produced by Tyler Klang. To hear more from Kristen, check out her podcast, Unladylike. They've got a book out, too. And, of course, for more on this and lots of other treats, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. HowStuffWorks.com